to pass on my knowledge and my lessons learned and my practices uh, to the younger generation, the youths, to strive for more, more knowledge. You can never, never, never uh, run out of knowledge and experience and, and uh, networks. Welcome to the Beyond Sourcing podcast, a podcast series brought to you by SAP about procurement leaders, procurement pioneers, and their stories beyond sourcing. My name is Sam Achampong. I'm the regional head of CIPS MENA. So good morning or good evening to you from wherever you are in the world. And uh, good afternoon from here in Dubai, where I'm situated. We have a fantastic guest who's joining us. Um, and I'm sure you'll find this session extremely interesting. We have Nuha Lukman from uh, ENEC, the Emirates Nuclear Energy Corporation. And uh, Nuha will join us to tell us a little bit about her experiences, her career and her life over um, the last few years going back quite a way. So Nuha, welcome to the podcast. Uh, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon um, from wherever you are. No, obviously, we, we've known each other for a long time and uh, I know a little bit about your career. And that's why I think it'll be very, very interesting for the audience to hear. So um, let's go way back. Let's go way back to the beginning. It'll be really interesting, I think, to hear where it all started. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Well, I am uh, Emirati. I'm from the United Arab Emirates, from the capital city of Abu Dhabi. I uh, was born here and raised here. I have uh, my parents with me and uh, three sisters and a brother uh, and some pets. And uh, I've uh, lived in the UAE uh, from the very beginning uh, and saw it develop and uh, saw all of the ambitions that were set by the father of the nation, Sheikh Zayed, uh, and seeing it now coming uh, to light with uh, the nuclear power plants, with the revolu industrial revolution that's happening right now, with the manufacturing boom that's going on uh, across the Emirates. And um, at the time I was in school uh, and uh, we, we would hear all of these plans and all of the dreams of going to space and to Mars and uh, having all of the vehicles that will uh, um, take us from one point to another with no driver and uh, uh, having all these dreams installed in us and all these ambitions that uh, we will be the drivers uh, of tomorrow to get us there. And tomorrow is actually today. And um, I was raised uh, by my parents uh, to uh, be very diligent in my education and in my dreams and to follow what I believe in and uh, to tackle challenges, uh, not as obstacles, but as uh, a way to grow uh, personally as a person, uh, as a, in character, as a woman, as a, um, a future generation. Um, and to be um, a pioneer in the area that I'm in. Um, went to a regular university as uh, a systems engineer, started um, working and understanding what is work life. And, and that's, uh, you know, saying of uh, once you leave school and you start working is completely different, was so true. 
and um, uh, I started my life, a career life in Total, uh, Abul Bukhush, which is a branch of uh, Total SA in France, um, as a systems engineer. Five and a half years down the line, I was given an opportunity to um, get into the world of procurement and the supply chain, and that's where you can say my um, story really began in an area that I was not familiar with. Um, and uh, I would say I found myself there. Found yourself in procurement and supply. Very interesting because you're painting a very exciting picture about the profession, which is great. And, and I think you, you just explained how you grew up in an era um, of a lot of ambition a lot of projects, a lot of initiatives uh, of things that weren't there before when you were a child. And I guess you looked up to these things. Did you always think you'll be in the thick of it? Did you, did you always think you'll be there to contribute to these visions? Yes, yes. Uh, from a very young age when we were in school, um, we were told that um, you're going to be part of that, um, that drive. You need to study, you need to excel, you need to get to the universities. Um, because you're going to be part of that. And, and actually, all of the uh, schools and universities here are, are driven in that way during the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early millennium. Um, when, when I chose uh, to go into the profession of uh, ICT at the time in, in uh, early 2000, it was because at the time, we were told that technology and information system and information technology be a pioneer and will be the, the driving force into the evolution of organizations and, and how businesses and manufacturing and, and communications going to be. And it was true at the time. And from there, um, that level of education branched out to what we see every day. And I really pride my country in the speed in which they adopt new technologies, new knowledge, and um, how they imprint this to the generations. They, they don't see old and new. They see a growing generation and um, a growing force in knowledge and experience in uh, lessons learned and the driving force in the youth, actually. And, and the youth have very creative, very innovative ideas. Um, I remember as a child, we were actually in an art class and they told us, draw something that you envision to happen in the future. Um, I remember that I drew a car that flies. And when I was asked why I drew that, I said, well, if I can have a car that flies, I don't need to go to the airport. I don't need to get on a plane. I just hop on into my dad's car and it will take me to wherever I need to go um, and it so, should be easy. So that's the dream of a child at the time that was allowed to innovate in her young mind. And surprise, surprise, we actually have those vehicles today and it's because of that opportunity to dream and to make it happen. That's an awesome story and it really shows about the forward-thinking nature of the nation and of yourself as an individual at the time uh, but you started off in IT yeah so how did that happen was it uh, was that your initial education lended you to become an IT systems engineer talk us through that 
Well, I would say it's thanks to my father. <laughs> when I was eight years old, he uh, called me in and uh, he showed me a device and it was actually the IBM computer at the time. And, uh, you know, when you have the screen and the laptop as one device, and uh, he told me this is a computer and this is what it does and he showed me what he does at work and and uh, he was working in edma the uh, abu dhabi uh, uh, marine company um and and that's when i got fascinated by it and he started showing me what it can do um sometimes uh, i would go to his offices and i would see these big 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 machines and people running and i would hear the noise of the old printers that will um, go back and forth and i was mesmerized by it and uh, I'm a big fan of Star Trek and all of the futuristic stuff at the time as a, as a, a child. And um, so when it's that, that love of technology was embedded in me at such a young age that it felt natural to me when I finished my IGCSEs and my A-levels that I wanted to get to um, information technology and information systems. Part of it is because my father had a vision that that was a field that was suitable to me at, at the time because he saw my character, he saw my attention to detail, and, and he saw the way that I was interested in, uh, in um, you know, the computer. We had our first PC at our home, how I saw it being fixed when I saw how we got the first internet with that noisy um, uh, router, how I was like the first one, like, oh, I want to send an email. And, and I was like, that was the big thing. And I just couldn't comprehend that I had to have someone's email <laughs> to send the message to. So he's like, okay, send me an email. And uh, it just built from there. So when I went to university and I chose my program, it was the natural thing. And I think that was the best choice because to this day, my knowledge of information system and information technology and all of the technical details that go into it actually helps me in what I do right now in, uh, in, in my current career. It helps me translate physical processes and strategies and directions of how to procure, how to connect with suppliers, how to provide um, uh, insight into business and market uh, seamlessly. The thing is that that passion, that light uh, of um, what my father instilled in me when I was um, eight years old and seeing my first computer made me aware of how I am able now as um, a, a procurement and supply chain uh, professional to be able to seamlessly engineer and uh, repro reconfigure processes in procurement, in supply relationship in um, providing intelligence in business and market um, uh, at the moment. I'm able to understand how, what can the technology give and how it can give it to, um, to be effective. So that experience and that knowledge and that um, degree put a very strong baseline for me for what I'm able to achieve and capable of contributing to the procurement and supply chain function in my organization. It's an interesting transition and, and maybe not a common one. Um, and you're looking at it in hindsight, say, uh, you know, identifying that your IT um, knowledge helped um, form your, your procurement expertise now. 
how did the transition actually happen? How did you move from uh, effectively being an IT geek to, to what you're doing now? I, I am still an IT geek, surprisingly, after all these years. Um, I happened to work in the IT department in Total when, after five years and a half, um, the uh, director of uh, procurement and contracts in Total um, came to me and said, you're transferring to um, my division. And the reason is because I had that one moment of courage to go to my um, director at the time in IT and say, I would like a change. I mean, it's nice in ICT, but it's kind of constrained. I'm, I'm working in binaries and wires and stuff. I need to see some, I, need, I would like to experience something different, um, whether something else is out there for me that I can be useful for. Um, and that's when this director, Monsieur Dominique Rondou, um, came to me and he introduced me and ushered me into the world of procurement and supply chain. And the way that I started was actually at the bottom. I went to the um, archive room of the company where all, they left all of the commercial documents. And I was asked to develop some sort of tool or system for them to document all the documents and to identify all those purchase orders that are overdue or have um, issues in their deliveries. And because of my knowledge on how to develop databases in Microsoft Access and Excel files, um, as soon as I understood what are the documents that are inside the folder of a, a purchase order, so you, so you know all of that um, purchase request and the quotations and the evaluations and the, the documents that make a tender, that was all new to me. I didn't understand the thing. I was a bit scared at the moment that I would actually make a mess of it. And um, I turned that fear into, you know, an adventure, in it, if you would call it a career adventure. And uh, I went about and threw in a hundred questions to my seniors at the time. And uh, they uh, were very patient with me. They answered my questions. They volunteered information that helped me. And I was able to develop that tool, uh, which up till the day that I uh, left the organization in 2010 was still being used, identified uh, um, a great number of purchase orders that were actually overdue and had um, minor issues to major issues that were holding it from being paid to suppliers. And that's when I really got into the world. And uh, from there, I went to do my master's degree in uh, global supply chain management in France. And uh, you went abroad, you traveled abroad. Yeah. And, and surprisingly, how was that? Um, it was an adventure on its own. Um, the person who started it, surprisingly, was, was my mother. Um, my sister just came back from uh, her studies abroad in the United Kingdom. And then she came to me and she's like, it's time for you to go and get your, um, uh, you know, your, your postgraduate degree. And this is where my parents' motivations and guidance uh, comes into effect again, even as a grown person who was legally mature to make her own decisions but they still guided me. They saw that I started becoming passionate about my career. They saw an opportunity for me 
to go and break away from the career and start getting into um, uh, postgraduate education. And um, I spoke to my line manager at the time. He encouraged it. He actually helped me find the university. And I chose a program which is considered um, the most credited in procurement and supply chain. Um, and he actually advised me at the time that broaden your scope, don't limit yourself only to procurement. Choose a program that provides you more than just procurement. And this is where supply chain came into light in my life. Uh, before supply chain, I only knew procurements and contracts, that's it. I didn't even knew SIPs at the time. But thanks to the program uh, in France, uh, it, I, I joined uh, Bordeaux Ecole de Management, Bordeaux School of Management, the ISLI program and, uh, in, in 2008. And I left my home, I left my family, I left all the luxury that I was living in um, and uh, traveled to a country that I didn't speak their language. Um, I didn't know anyone there. Um, had the support, of course, of the embassy, but I was in a completely different part of France. But I can say that I was lucky to have very good support from my um, manager at the time, who was familiar with the area. I had very good friends in France. The dean and the director of the program um, were also very supportive in trying in, in making me as I wouldn't say as comfortable as possible, but as familiar and prepared as possible to living um, in that country and understanding what I should expect from the program and how much commitment is needed. So financially, I was supported by the company. Emotionally and, and psychologically, I was supported by my family. Even when at times I, I wanted to come back home, uh, they would say no. You started this, you finish it. Find a way, learn how to cope, learn how to adapt. I was supported by my colleagues in the study who are now very good friends of mine and I still retain good friendship with them in, in France and they are people from all over the world. And I actually had the best time studying there and um, uh, completing my program successfully. Excellent, so a, a young Emirati woman really going outside of your comfort zone, going abroad, um, studying a subject that, uh, you know, dare I say, some of the choices you're making are, uh, I'll say, in uh, a male-dominated environment. Would you agree? No, I, I would, I would uh, politely disagree. I never felt I was in a male-dominated environment, uh, basically for a very simple reason. I was never in a male-dominated environment. Um, my uh, line manager at the time and mentor was a lady. Uh, her name is Miss uh, Jeanette Farah. She coached me. She taught me everything. I had another senior uh, to me who was also coaching me and mentoring me. And she was in front of me every day. And her name was uh, Najat. Uh, she took me under her wing. When I joined Enoch in 2008, my line manager was Jessica Shetter. Um, a few years back, I had a, a director of procurement and supply chain, Ms. Ahmed Suleimani. So I had colleagues from all nationalities, from all backgrounds, from both genders. So I wouldn't say that I was in a male-dominated environment at all. And procurement and supply chain has no gender, if I may say so. It's about your qualities. 
I think that's a very great great quote. And, and what it does is it does break down some barriers of perception or maybe misperception about that one thing, about maybe a gender imbalance um, in procurement and supply. And particularly, I think what's often said is that it may be an open playing field for the genders in procurement and supply, but at the senior level, um, that it, it becomes male-dominated. But I think you've cleared that up quite well by saying, in your experience, um, at all levels, including senior, you've had some, some, some great female mentors. Yes, and I'm aware in different organizations, uh, some of this executive senior uh, members and board members are actually female, and they are equal contributors to uh, strategic decisions and executive decisions. So the only barriers that there are is the ones that we place on ourselves. In today's day and age, we shouldn't be looking at things as male-dominated or uh, gender-specific, um, especially here in the UAE. With all the privileges that we are allowed by our, um, uh, with our leaders in, in education, in industry, in career, all the, even owning your own business and running it and, and being supported to it. It's really up to you whether you want to strive in that area if you're passionate to it or not. I was passionate and I was given the opportunity to excel just like everyone else. And my promotions are given to me based on my performance and my achievements and character with uh, my colleagues, my land managers, and with the P stakeholders I engage with. So here you are in, a, in, in an exciting and uh, successful career in procurement and supply, having transitioned from IT. Talk to us a little bit about your career and, and where you are now, because you, with one of the most uh, high profile and I suppose iconic projects within, within the United Arab Emirates. Uh, currently, right now, I'm the supply chain manager uh, in Emirates Nuclear Energy Corporation, uh, the company that has the uh, oversight over the projects uh, for, or had the oversight of the projects uh, for uh, building and powering up the nuclear uh, power plant. Uh, and it is the first uh, project of its kind in the uh, Gulf and in the MENA region. I am personally very proud to have been in this project uh, during its early stages. Um, I was there when they first put the uh, foundation stone to the Baraka power plant and I saw the images. And every time I go there, I am amazed how that small uh, rock that was placed in the middle of an empty, um, what looked at the time a beach, is now four big buildings, one of which is operational and uh, two on the way, three on the way as well. Um, so it really brings pride to me to be part of that project and to be able to be part of a project that is safe, culturally aware, and, uh, and, for, and supporting the future development of the nation. You know, judging by that, you've been there at the inception and you, you've done some interesting things in your career as well. What would you say has been the most interesting or challenging thing you've, you've been involved in so far? And there have been a few, I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say it is when I talk to suppliers, and uh, especially our, our local suppliers, um, uh, the, the entrepreneurs, the um, uh, business um, owners, and trying to get them to uh, think 
more towards the long-term than the short-term wins and trying to get them to be more aware of what uh, the operation requires, what the nation requires, uh, more than the current contracts that they will get or business opportunities that they will get. It is always a challenge to try to balance that relationship with a supplier who needs a business to, to happen between with our organization and as well as balancing the um, development of their competencies and requirements uh, for the future needs, as well as, you know, in the past one year, how do we support the local industry uh, and local companies um, irrelevant of their size during the, the last pandemic? It was quite challenging to, to um, you know, provide the support that we need and to provide them with the instructions of how they are able to conduct their businesses, what things that need to be cut off and, and what things need to be added, the business continuity programs, how resilient are they uh, in such situations. At the same time, meeting the requirements of our organization in supporting the, the national efforts in uh, preventing the COVID-19 virus. Uh, at the same time, uh, retaining the same quality of service uh, and deliverables that will not impact uh, the operation. And that was our number one priority, to always support the operation in its milestones uh, at the highest quality caliber and with the safety standards that uh, we believe in and the safety culture that has been embedded within us in our professional life and also in our personal life. I mean, the, the subject itself, dealing with uh, a, a nuclear energy program or a peaceful nuclear energy program, is challenging in itself. In procurement and supply chain, I, I think it's even more challenging. But, you know, by your very nature, you're quite a tenacious individual. You have been throughout your career. You've often, because of that, you've often been pulled off to do other projects. Talk to me about some of the other projects you've been pulled off to do, like the World Skills Day projects and, and others that uh, that were quite interesting um, that you've embarked upon. In uh, 2016, uh, the CEO of ENEC, uh, His Excellency Mohammed Al Hamadi, uh, approached me in my office and told me that he has nominated me to be seconded to uh, one of the biggest events at the time that will be hosted in the Emirate of Abu Dhabi. And uh, it was the World Skills Abu Dhabi 2017. It required a lot of support to uh, an, an educational organization here called Activate, and it focused on vocational training competitions. And they required someone to manage their, to establish procurement and logistics uh, elements in the project. Uh, I started with Activate, not knowing exactly what is expected of me. And at the time, I also retained my um, original role as supply chain manager. So I was actually doing both roles at the time. Um, so I had, uh, I believe at the time, uh, four teams that I was managing across, uh, five teams that I was managing across two organizations in three sites. The Enix site, the Activate site, and the actual venue, um, which is ATNIC, uh, Abu Dhabi uh, National Exhibition Center, which is where the, the actual event was going to happen. 
Um, and that's ignoring where the event for the opening and closing ceremony was happening in Yas Island. Um, I was responsible for uh, looking out for on the procurement team and procurement and logistics uh, function uh, for the event. At first, it was just simply for uh, procuring items for the event. And then as the uh, project uh, managers and lead and sponsor realized uh, my capability, I suddenly became leading an entire procurement uh, and logistics function for uh, the organizers of the events, getting them what they need to do their job uh, for the opening and closing ceremony, and as well as for the competitions themselves. So uh, just to explain um, what World Skills Abu Dhabi 2017 is, it is an international event similar to the Olympic Games, but instead of sport competitions, it was vocational competitions. Uh, and the participants are uh, school, secondary, and uh, university level uh, students who, uh, in, who attend schools in their area. And they were about over 50 competitions happening uh, from masonry all the way to jewelry, designing and manufacturing. So you have things in automotive and aviation in, in programming in uh, what do you call um, document designing, uh, building, cementing. It, it was a huge event. I've never witnessed it before. And it's so big that we actually expanded ADNIC exhibition ability by double. And that was a negotiation on its own. Wow. And I'm sure in addition to that, you must have been uh, charged with procuring some, some interesting items or, or interesting services across a project such as this. Oh, yes. In, in one day, uh, the team was uh, in charge of uh, procuring everything from hats for the, uh, for the chefs in the culinary competition, all the way to um, um, helicopters. So in the mornings, I'm dealing with bits and parts of electrical wires and units and tools. In the afternoon, I would be uh, looking at the landscaping competition requirements from three to uh, three to four tons of sand that needed to come into the ADNIC building to, to one of the tents to build the landscaping um, uh, setup for the competition for landscaping. And at two, three o'clock in the morning, I'm waiting for the deliveries for uh, the servers or for uh, two helicopters, um, a, a wing of a plane. So it was a very dynamic time. It was challenging time. Uh, I had a very good team at the point who were also seconded to the project. Um, so they, they were wonderful at the time. And, and we really went through a lot of sleepless nights, especially on the three days before the competition, on the day of the competition, and then the after the competition where you had to do all of the reverse logistics and clear up ADNIC for the next event to happen to us. Sounds like you thrive on that adventure side of your role. Uh, where, where does that come from in your personality, do you think? Well, it's, it's really based on what I said earlier about how my parents um, instilled in me that, um, uh, that essence that when I see difficulty in front of me, I see it as a challenge and an opportunity to grow. So I never run out of people that can um, provide me advice and uh, motivation and thinking out of the box. So I have, um, of course, the first one will be my, my line manager, 
who will be my mentor and coach uh, in, in this area. I would also have my parents who have the experience and wisdom of how to interact, how to negotiate, how to think things through because they've seen more in life than I have, especially working in a company. I can also link to people from SIPS, thanks to the SIPS program. And I can pick up a phone and call or, uh, or email them saying, hey, what do you think about this? Um, I'm having this issue, what do you advise? Uh, of course, not disclosing any sensitive information. I'm very careful about that. Um, uh, there's also my colleagues from university in France. Um, you know, they, they uh, work in different parts of the world, in different industries. And um, we, we touch base every now and then, and we talk about challenges that they face. Um, my colleagues at work as well, even, even the junior members. It never surprises me how a junior member can come up with an idea with the word, what if we do it this way? And, and that is, a, I, in my point of view, that is a very important statement when you say, what if? Because that opens a door for ideas, for brainstorming, for innovation. And, and most of my current career is based on that one statement. What if? What if? And I'll ask you, with all of the things you're doing in your day job and additional projects. What if you actually had any spare time? What would you do with it? Okay. Um, something that a lot of people cannot imagine is an Arab woman doing a triathlon or climbing a mountain. So um, in 2017, I, you know, the challenge of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, the highest mountain in Africa. And it was quite an experience. Uh, never been to that part of the world. Never saw that beautiful nature before. And, uh, and, and, and it was very eye-opening how to spend seven days with no technology. The one thing that I, I am passionate about from a young age, not to be able to use my phone. <laughs> the other thing is that I am a triathlete. Uh, so if people are not aware of what a triathlon is, it is a sport that combines three disciplines, uh, swimming, cycling, and running. And that's just one sport. I have trained and participated in several triathlons in the UAE, local and international. Uh, I was supposed to do some international ones, uh, early last year, but unfortunately with the pandemic, that uh, hasn't come through. And I'm actually in 2015, when I uh, did the international uh, triathlon uh, union race, I became the first Emirati female triathlete. And it was a surprise for me because I wasn't targeting that. I just wanted to, I, I saw a challenge. I crossed the finish line in 2015 in the ITU race. Uh, not only did I get a nice shiny medal to commemorate uh, that achievement, I also got a podium um, recognizing me as the only and first female Emirati to uh, do a triathlon. And I didn't even know that at the time. I just wanted to get to my finish line. 2019 was dedicated to participating in the Ironman. And that was the most challenging race I've ever done, physically and emotionally. The Ironman, uh, 70.3 miles, was comprised of 1.9 kilometers of swimming, 90 kilometers of cycling, 
and 21.1 kilometers of running. And uh, even though I trained, it was very emotional. Uh, my family was there to support me. And uh, it was something very nurturing in my, um, I say maturity. Um, and this is something that a lot of people maybe in the Western world don't realize that Emirati women's um, irrelevant of um, this, our national dress can achieve anything they set their minds to. And uh, me being able to cross that finish line and the Iron Man holding the UAE flag was something that is a landmark uh, for myself, for my family, and uh, for everyone that knows me. That, that's, that's so ins inspirational and uh, a lot of firsts for you. And I think really in terms of inspiration, that sets the bar very high for those coming you know, behind you. But what advice would you give to, to those who are looking to get into maybe a career, not necessarily procurement and supply, but how do they motivate themselves? How do they replicate some of the things that you've done and perhaps even try and achieve even more? When I made the decision to transfer and change my entire career from ICT to uh, procurement and supply chain, it was very scary. I didn't know what to expect, but I did my homework. I experienced it. I was honest with myself. Is this something I envision for myself? Is this something um, if I have a challenge or if I fail in it? Is it going to be something that will deter me? Will, um, or will it make me become a better person? And uh, that is the one thing I would advise everyone to, uh, to, to do. Experience it, change an experience. It doesn't harm to experience something different. Um, I changed to procurement and supply chain, a function that I wasn't even aware of when I was uh, growing up. I was not experienced in it. I didn't have the tools or resources or, or knowledge at the time, but I went into it, I experienced it. I, um, I'm not a sporty person and I, I, can, I never really ran before up till 2014, but I went for it. I tried it, I experienced it. And then slowly I went into cycling. I said, okay, let me try. And then before that I went to do swimming. And uh, before you know it, I said, okay, let me try a duathlon. From duathlon, I became triathlon. And from triathlon, I became Ironman. Um, so it's all about give yourself the opportunity to experience, do your homework. If it's something you're not comfortable of, it doesn't bring value to you, move on to the next thing. Nothing defines you but yourself. So Nuha, that's uh, some fantastic achievements, some, some great firsts but you're still very young. What's next for Nuha? What's next for me is to continue what I've started off. Um, it's basically to work, I continue to work in uh, the organization I'm in and in the project that I'm in and uh, work with my leaders and uh, my team to develop further the procurement and supply chain function to become more resilient, more robust, uh, to be able to quickly adapt to changes and uh, be more uh, antiseptive to uncertainty, um, work locally with uh, organizations in the UAE and in the region uh, to develop the capabilities in supply chain, not just necessarily in nuclear power, uh, supply chains that will also serve other industries 
I would really like to mentor and teach in the field of procurement and supply chain to pass on my knowledge and my lessons learned and my practices uh, to the younger generation, the youths, to strive for more, more knowledge. You can never, never, never uh, run out of knowledge and experience and, and uh, networks. I couldn't have said that best myself. And uh, you're an extraordinary role model, Nuha. Keep doing what you do. Uh, you've been absolutely great. And I'm sure many people look up to you in what you've achieved so far and what you're going to achieve in the future. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. All the best and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Have a nice day, everyone. Stay safe. Thanks, Nuha. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Beyond Sourcing podcast. You can also visit the link in the description box below for more resources about some of the strategies discussed by our guests.